0: Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Welcome back to the Startup The Year Podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, co-founder of Established Ventures and the team behind the Start The Year community and this very podcast. Thanks so much for being here. All right, before we dive in, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping. We've got an event coming up here in Austin, Texas. Get your cowboy hats ready. We're going to be down there uh, in March here, March 10th, uh, and we're going to be producing a uh, day of events at the Established house. So if you go to house.established.com, us. You can learn more. You can sign up. There's going to be a fast pitch opportunity for if, if you're a startup, if you're interested in getting some additional exposure in front of investors and other corporate uh, innovators. Definitely sign up for that. That'll be. Uh, there's going, we're going to be accepting lots of applications, but I think we're going to have ten pitch at the event. So be sure to check that out. And um, we'll be we'll be uh, sharing more updates as we go here throughout the next few weeks. All right. So that's coming up March 10th. So sign up for that right away. Uh, speaking of events, we were just out in Las Vegas at Consumer Electronics Show, or CES, in early January, which seems like a long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. And we were working with our friends at the CTA Foundation again this year to produce the Startup Pitched event, which has been a great event with a lot of just wonderful startups involved. And so this year, the winner was actually a company called Augmental. And before we dive in a little bit further into what Augmental does... I want to first mention that approximately 15% of the global population experiences some form of disability with, you know, portions, a significant portion of that being upper limb impairments that could benefit from hand-free devices and other different types of technologies that could continue to, um, you know, improve the ability to control things without your hands. All right, so that's really interesting. And on top of that, you know, we're all, you've got an aging, uh, aging, I guess you could say, uh, global um, population, as well as uh, folks that may have, you know, when you do get older, generally there's neurological conditions that also can be, mo- you know, mobility impairments due to, you know, different things. So, lots of folks could potentially be help, help find it helpful to have these hand free technologies, and so I think that's important, kind of as a cornerstone of what we're talking about today, as we talk to the CEO and founder of uh, Augmental, Corton, uh Singer, because he's actually you know, saw this problem kind of head on years ago and started this company to tackle it. So we're going to dive in here with an interview in a second. Um, but before we do, I just want to make sure that you do, uh, you know, check out Augmental if you get a chance. They're, they're a really interesting new company. And uh, we're going to dive in right now. Let's jump in with Court and Singer as we learn more about Augmental and how they came to be and uh, where they are planning on heading to the future. First of all, congratulations on winning the CTA Foundation Pitch at CES 2024. That was pretty amazing. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to be able to
1: even participate in a pitch event like that, particularly now, as we're just a fledgling young company trying to really just spread the word and get our name out there. So to take the win at that pitch competition
0: just feels very validating that we're onto something that people care about. And it was just a a really tough competition too. some great companies there. So congrats, obviously um you did a great job to stand out amongst a great group of startups but to give everyone a little more context here on the startup of your podcast i wanted to share or have you share a little bit of an overview about augmental and what you're doing with your your actual concept or product uh that that you you introduced at ces it's called the mouthpad innovation um and share a little bit more how it was created you know how it came into existence so that folks know what what you're working on and we can kind of start from there yeah
1: no i'm super happy to give the little background that that led us to where we are and, and can dive in a little more to the details of how this product actually works but um yeah it all started really a little bit over a decade ago with my co-founder and i uh tomas vega we met when we were undergraduates at uc berkeley um, and we we're studying the same dual degree which was looking into how the human brain and nervous systems work, studying cognitive science, but also looking into how computer systems work and kind of working at particularly this intersection between both disciplines. And while we were there at school, we also picked up a bunch of skills in digital fabrication, making, and we're, we're creating all these interactive devices. And we kind of just naturally lent that skill set to our academic discipline, particularly given Berkeley's sort of history with disability rights advocacy and the resources they have on campus for their students with disabilities. And so we kind of just felt, hey, we could apply what we're learning and in school with the skills we're building in the lab to make interactive assistive devices for those who don't have you know, control of their hands or those who don't use these traditional inputs like a mouse or keyboard that are hand operated. And so we began to do a lot of research in this space, both in class and out of class. Um, and really, something that catalyzed my interest and passion towards this space was my cousin at the time, uh, or still my cousin, but Nico. Uh, he was also in our same class at UC Berkeley, but he was part of the disabled students program. And you know, the first time I had met him, I was a child. He was able-bodied before his accident but at Cal when we reunited he was now living with quadriplegia and this kind of opened my eyes really viscerally to someone who had gone from both ends of the spectrum of ability and I'd I'd known disability existed but to see it firsthand really opened my eyes to not only how limiting that type of lifestyle can be but how limiting the existing assistive interfaces are you know we've heard of hands-free like siri and alexa but to really depend on a hands-free interface for all computer access um, it's it's just it it's inadequate to rely on these speech-based systems they're getting there but they're just not completely there yet and so uh, tomas and i really set out to work with a lot of these folks uh, living with unique abilities and trying to design for how we could leverage their existing ability to still interact with your computer your phone really just your personal electronics and um, you know we explored all of the existing alternative inputs out there from eeg electrodes on the brain measuring or on the scalp measuring brain activity to eog sensors measuring eye activity emg sensors that detect your muscle activity uh even working at uh, on speech systems at siri and even brain implants at neuralink uh, where we met our first hire and so this sort of decades worth of exploration into alternative inputs kind of led us to this culmination that started to look at the tongue as this 11th finger, this very capable, inherently dexterous part of our body that is almost an untapped real estate, really for interactive potential, um, particularly for those who live with spinal cord injury and have neck down paralysis, but above the neck, that sort of functionality often stays intact, which is, you know, just a really awesome opportunity waiting to be tapped into. And so um, with with this initial idea, my co-founder actually gave me the call and this was right after my master's. And he said, hey, I think we can actually make our dream of doing something on our own, a reality, like let's try this with the tongue. And, and I kind of couldn't come up with enough good reasons not to, and I just hopped on a plane, flew out to Boston and and so it began in late 2019. So it's been a little bit over four years since then. Uh, but that is how we all started, and I know that's kind of the, the long-winded road to, to get there, but um, I'm also happy to dig in a little bit into the actual device itself that this has kind of led to. Um, and so, yeah, from looking at the tongue and, and the mouth, really, we see not only the tongue as an 11th finger, but the entire mouth as this third hand, given how there are a lot of opportunities for, for input interaction. You know, you do have the tongue for this sort of finger analog as we see it, Kind of controlling your computer on your trackpad with your finger we wanted to capture that same ability using the tongue as your input to your trackpad and trying to transform this form factor of the trackpad on your laptop to the roof of your mouth in the device which we call the mouth pad um, but on top of just tongue control we also have head motion input so that you can control your cursor based off of head movements we have pressure sensors on board and we also have temperature sensors on board but all of this together allows for tongue input, head motion, uh, tongue pressure, and suction, like tip and puff, for click functionality. And since we have a trackpad, we also enable not just you know cursor movement, but also gestural interaction. So you can think of more modern uh, use cases such as swiping or scrolling type of behaviors. And so we can incorporate this all into one device that effectively acts as a Bluetooth mouse. This is simply an ergonomically shaped Bluetooth mouse that sits in your mouth. It's uh, really what you'd expect from an off the shelf mouse from your Best Buy or any electronic store. Um, and, and yeah, it is essentially a tool to help navigate digital screens and
0: make more equitable access to the digital world. Wow, that's fantastic. I, I mean, this whole story of how you kind of got the spark based on, on your relative that was injured. That, that's really uh, compelling and obviously, you know, shows that you're really trying to change the world here in, in a positive way. Um, let's talk about how does it actually work? Like you mentioned it being like a mouse, the mouth pad. How does it work? Like you literally are just move, moving your tongue around and you're, you put the obviously the mouth. Do you have one with you or no?
1: Yeah, I do yeah. have one. Um, I'm going to grab that. I, I wanna don't see. know. It will help for the podcast. No, just, see, just
0: show, show me yeah. what it looks like here. Okay. I show visually. Uh,
1: Yep. So yeah, the device itself, it kind of has the appearance of an Invisalign type retainer. It is printed with uh, translucent mm-hmm. biocompatible dental resin. So we're using essentially 3D uh, printers that are made for the dental industry, as well as the resins, so that we can sort of piggyback onto that infrastructure without having to reinvent the wheel. And we know we get high quality and safe dental products. But so essentially get
0: your teeth straight, it seems right. Wouldn't that hold your teeth eight, in alignment? we are looking for also partnerships
1: with these aligner companies because we are certainly there to to keep your teeth aligned we are using the fact that we aren't a retaining or aligning company to get by with designing our retainers to be a little less sort of perfect. Um, this is more of an anchor so that the right. device will stay to the top of your mouth rather than a teeth retention device. However, we are there. It is very much looking just like the retainers you see. So I think we're very ripe for a partnership or collaboration to that end so that you can not only have access, but you know improve dental uh, health as well. Um, however, yeah the device it's kind of like your your standard retainer instead of your invisalign however it also goes over the roof of your mouth and this is where we have a little capsule dedicated to that trackpad sensor so this is essentially like a little rectangular grid very similar to the trackpad on your laptop but miniaturized and placed on the roof of your mouth so when you actually want to control the computer you slide your tongue lightly across the surface it's a touch sensitive surface so when you have your tongue at the top of that rectangular trackpad surface the cursor will move upward if you have your tongue at the bottom of that trackpad the cursor will move downward and similarly on the left and right side that's how you move the cursor left and right but we do have 360 degree um, directionality so it allows for a little bit more proportional control instead of just button based directions um, and we're continually improving this so that you get more intuitive and and just convenient uh, interaction sort of experience if you will um, and with this capsule that rests on the roof of your mouth it's also pressure sensitive so just like you slide your finger across your trackpad to move the cursor so too do you slide your tongue across the tongue trackpad and in the same way you press down to engage a click on the trackpad of your computer, you also press with your tongue into the device, which recognizes that pressure to do a click. The only difference here is the right click, which is triggered by a suction rather than a tongue pressure. It's more of a tongue suction gesture. It's almost like you're uh, kind of sipping through a straw, but there is is no no opening. So it's like your mouth is closed, almost like you're giving it. Uh, a kissy face, if you will, to create suction in your mouth. Right. Um, and, and there's a couple of different ways you can go about doing this, but we've actually found this is the one non-intuitive connection that takes a moment for people to realize, wait, I can use my tongue in a lot of interesting ways and this is one right. of the new ones. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the basics of actually controlling the mouse, you know, a click and drag, for example, would require you to press on the device hold that pressure with your tongue until the drag is activated and then you can slide your tongue around releasing contact just like on your computer when you want to end the drag and it hooks um,
0: the uh, bluetooth you said is that is that how it's working
1: that's exactly right it's built with uh with a bluetooth chip inside ble and basically this allows us to have completely standard human input device mouse firmware on on the device this is what makes it for all intents and purposes, an actual Bluetooth mouse to the outside world. It, it only broadcasts to other devices. Hey, I'm a mouse. I'm looking to connect. And this means that we can go straight to your computer, straight to your smartphone, straight to your tablet without any software. It just works right out of the box.
0: Wow, that's great. Um, really, really cool. So how has you know this been kind of taken? I mean, you, you, you're very new, right? You're just getting it going. But I'm assuming you have some users. How have they been? What's their feedback been? like with, with Yeah.
1: It. Although we've been, you know, 4 years in, uh we are still new. We just got onto the market last quarter at the end of 2023. So we are in the early days of making our, our first sales. We're uh in what we're calling our early access phase, releasing a limited set of our devices to, you know, a filtered set of our waitlist uh customers. But we're about 30 sales and we're finding that our earliest customers are definitely getting a lot of value. We're being a little bit particular in who we're servicing first based off of need on our wait list. So we want to ensure those early successes and those high impact cases. And we're finding uh, some success, fortunately. And this is giving us confidence to not only keep moving forward, but to, yeah, just send more devices out to our customers because we're at that level where where this technology is improving lives and one of our earliest uh customers actually our first customer um, she has been a wonderful user she is a a college student studying to be a mechanical engineer and she needed more from her assistive devices her previous uh, lip based joystick she couldn't even do simple functionality like click and drag and if she wants to be mechanical engineer designing for CAD you know this is a must and so with our device she is able to do these things she is able for the first time to control her smartphone as a college student which goes an extremely long way and for the first time she also is able to use her electronics in a more convenient setting you know most of these assistive tools are mounted in place and require you to either be in your power chair or set up at your desktop computing zone and when you're in bed, which is where folks spend a lot of their hours, you are completely stranded digitally. And so you have no option other than, you know, voice control systems. But this tool in the mouth pad allows that wireless Bluetooth connection and you get more freedom and flexibility to use your devices as you wish in in the context that makes sense for you, not having to, you know, get into your chair just to check your email, for example. Um, And so this is huge and we find she uses device six to seven days a week up to seven hours a day um even maxing some nine hour days of usage we have uh, yeah which is awesome because her tongue muscles just must be like so strong that is a lot of work you know it's that's a lot of work but you know one really interesting aspect about the design of this device we wanted to leverage the tongue because it's quite prone, or sorry, quite resistant to to fatiguing. It is called a muscular hydrostat. It's comprised of eight different muscles, uh, and it has a disproportionately large representation of neurons in the brain dedicated to sensing and controlling the tongue. And this is because, you know, we are social creatures. We're speaking all day. Our tongues are moving in these crazy positions without us really trying. And it's, not really getting tired and so this is something we wanted to take advantage of you know our other limbs fatigue a lot more easily than the tongue and so the tongue is kind of a powerhouse and so you'd think that you know it might start to get tired or you get these excessive muscle growths but actually the tongue is good to go and we've not found any issues with fatigue or or overuse even with uh, this power user and and really the, the, the biggest uh, takeaway even from these great hours of usage is you know, her family, actually, when we asked all of them in a meeting to try to explain the value of this technology, you know, they they were in tears of joy saying how getting this mouth pet technology has been the single biggest life change for all of them, for all of their independence, not just for you know their daughter since she developed her paralysis. And and this is because, you know, the family is the support system, too. And this alleviates a lot of that burden and just brings independence back into the picture. And so, um, we're really excited to find more and more stories like this um, particularly for those who just have been left behind and forgotten as far as technological innovation is concerned and we think that by embracing universal design we can start here solving a high impact solution but uh i believe that there's room in the future for also sort of changing the input interaction paradigm for the rest of us for 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 general people too not just those living with hand impairments but you know i think as the world becomes more wearable and a little bit more closer to us as a computing experience Mm -hmm. we're going to need newer ways to interact with our screens that are now worn on our goggles or our our heads-up displays and and alleviate the need for using our hands for all this digital control which to me seems like residue to the form factors of the past you know huge computer screens that had Keyboards mounted to them, and you know that's changed to the laptop. It's changed to the smartphone, and now wearables. And I think that's where where we come in to say, hey, there could be another way.
0: I could see that definitely. There's a big opportunity with um, with wearables, and just in general, we're all on devices all the time. Our hands are not built like that. It was really interesting the the points you made about the tongue, and I was thinking about it as you're talking, and you know, like thinking about like how many how many times do you touch the top of your tongue anyway like you're like constantly totally. moving around i mean and i'm thinking like you're burned your tongue your the roof of your mouth and then you're doing even more like you're just like totally. and, you know, so i could definitely see that you know and it early tired,
1: you know? early metric even too is not the the fatigue is is there for us but also just the the accuracy you know i can yeah. touch and and so too can generally the average person any tooth with the top of on the top of their jaw with their tongue with pretty easy accuracy without having to really train my tongue to, to know where to go. And so even in this sort of invisible environment, we still have our, our sense of, of direction and position um, without much training. So so we're really excited to, to leverage the tongue.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, really interesting. And then, uh, you know, with this, uh, you know, you've been working on this for a couple of years, four years, you mentioned. and And before that, even I think you were thinking about it. Um, What are some of the biggest hurdles that you've had to face in in developing this one product and kind of how do you overcome them?
1: Yeah, I think it started off like week one. The big hurdle was we've never designed in the dental space before. We've done 3D printing and designing and making devices in the past, but working with biological uh, form factors was new and and challenging. And so we uh, had to ask around a bit really and kind of got a ton of help from folks who, who are more experienced in this space, um, some early advisors that w- would point us in the right direction for you know, dental softwares and tips and tricks. That was a huge one, so using the knowledge of our friends in this uh, in this networking industry helped us, but also getting to a level which took a lot of effort on my co-founder and, and Maya Zen to produce something that at least looks similar enough to, to make the aha moment so that we could actually then excite a higher, excite a mechanical engineer who could take this to the next level. And really solving this problem was using the help of others. And so that was the the very first one. And that was on the mechanical side. A second issue was how do we deal with saliva in the mouth when trying to work with a trackpad? And you can think of going onto your phone and it's raining outside or there's water on your screen. And it's pretty hard to use your touch screen. It's like your touch gets recognized everywhere and and it's not really straightforward as to what the system thinks you're doing. And so part of a big struggle of ours was creating proprietary algorithms that could manage the presence of saliva and still understand where the tongue position is, even though saliva sort of distorts that signal and spreads that touch all across the trackpad. So using advances in machine learning and and other algorithms, we were able to incrementally get better and better at, at understanding where the tongue is. And so this has been still a continued issue of ours that we're trying to improve and improve, but we've gotten help from some really awesome uh, engineers, someone who actually helped uh, create the concept of tiny ML, which is this uh, smaller variant of machine learning to fit in more memory constrained environments, such as our small device. And so again, leveraging the help of others. So that's that's, again, another takeaway is can't do this alone and we really want to you know use the benefit of those who have made strides in the past you know standing on the shoulder excuse me standing on the shoulders of giants um and and not trying to to do it all ourselves um and then I think let's see another big challenge that we're sort of uh facing at this point is now onboarding and I think this is this is the largest challenge that that we're dealing with today which is how do we actually get to new customers and get them up to speed. And so our device does require a custom dental model. And so we have two ways of doing that, whether that's going to a dental lab and getting an intraoral scan, or whether that's us sending out a dental impression kit to your home, which allows you to make the impression in in the convenience of your own situation, allowing to then send it back to us where we would scan it and, and then capture that dental model. That's part of the battle. The other part is then how do we give you this new technology and get you up to speed with how to use it and to use your tongue and so in this early access phase where we're not tapping into our largest numbers we are actually providing a white glove service we are going in person to to visit you at your home or you know desired place of interest to bring this device and walk through step by step our onboarding process in which we have a gamified approach to controlling a mouse with the tongue we start with very basic commands such as move the cursor up and down move it left and right do a click now let's combine those all together basically building up the know-how to control a standard mouse and uh we're almost at the level where we can do this remotely where we don't need to come in person Um, and this will allow us to really expand and tap into our waitlist which is just about 2500 people waiting for a device um, and so that's really amazing uh, potential for us to tap into once we actually get to that level of remote onboarding. But until that point, our big challenge is trying to learn as much as we can, smoothing out all the speed bumps in that process of onboarding so that we can, you know, guarantee success even if our team doesn't fly out to visit you. Um, and so I'd say that's that's one of our challenges. And Aside from product, which has kind of been the challenges I've mentioned, fundraising has really been a big, a big challenge. This is a space that is not innovated in normally. And so your traditional investor is going to be a little bit more hesitant as it's a minority population and it's a space that is not really known well. Um, And so there is hesitation and sort of uncertainty when it comes to giving a lot of money towards this venture. Um, We've tried to do our best to explain the value uh, of this product, that the world needs this technology, um, but you know that isn't necessarily the way the game is played, and so trying to navigate that and and looking for alternative sources of funding is uh, going to be a continued, I think, challenge for us.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And there are um, there's some good ones, especially if you're doing something in this space that's overlaps, you know, human health, and there's a, you know a lot of different areas that you kind of could be used. I, I could even see the part of defense might be interested in something like this for some of their um, sure. their folks. Um, just because of the fact that, like you said earlier, we're hands-free is important, especially in some of the situations they're in. So, um, very, very cool. All right. So I know we're almost out of time here, but wanted to just quickly wrap. It's like long-term vision. Where do you want to see Augmental and, and, you know, uh, Mouthpad go? Yeah, we
1: would love to see the Mouthpad, go beyond this assistive realm we think that you know physical impairment is where we're starting but we also see value as a next step in situational impairment you know jobs or contexts that prevent the use of your hands and you can think of you know factory floor uh, employees operating heavy machinery or you can think of astronauts whose hands are busy first responders who are in you know thick gloves you can think of scuba diving uh, underwater repair you can think of just mechanics above water repair having a third hand to you know navigate a menu or a manual or perhaps even as technology advances a ar wearable display that is guiding you through whatever job you're doing we parenting. See... i
0: can think of parenting <laughs> like just like sometimes parenting. Parenting. Yeah. yeah cooking driving yeah so driving
1: many, yep so many scenarios yes. uh, in which we need this third hand and so we believe there's a case To step out of you know physical impairment and address this need and even beyond that we don't believe that this has to involve impairment as that industry of you know wearable AR and VR starts to mature and we have more of a hardware wearable ecosystem that is actually worn on us we're going to see a need for novel input methods that need to keep up with the rate of changing sort of technology and and a big one is gonna be our displays as they become more wearable and heads up. We're breaking ourselves from this, you know, neck breaking visual anchor that we hold in our hands so that we can become more human and free to observe and interact with the world. But the same part of that, which we've seen a lot of development towards displays needs to be done on the side of interaction, input interaction. So when we're finally, you know, able to look up and not be staring down at our phones, we're still in this stage where we're using our hands to interact with those devices so we still kind of do have to look down or we end up yeah raising our hands up in the air and looking kind of ridiculous and so we believe that particularly as you have this display system that's mounted on your head keeping a sort of input interaction in the same area in the mouth it alleviates your hands so you can grab things interact with the world be more immersed but it also just kind of stays within that same sort of physical proximity to the display. And it just kind of makes sense. Um, And so to get to this level of what we would see more just general case usage of our device, where it's not impairment physically or situationally, it's just, hey, a new way to control computers. We think that we just need some industries to mature and our product trajectory to sort of keep up with, with our milestones. And so with our first product, We are reinventing the computer mouse by all intents and purposes. And with our second product, we want to reinvent the keyboard. And so with doing this, we hope to provide the full package of an input solution. And we aim to reinvent the keyboard by targeting speech communication. We are right in the mouth, direct to the source of speech. We can improve just normal speech input by having the fact of this sensor, uh, the microphone or the other speech detection sensors we incorporate in the mouth, which is sort of a natural physical filter to the noise of the world anyways. And it also gets around the issue that, you know, most speech based systems use external microphones today and that introduces issues because environments can be loud, preventing your voice from getting through or environments can be too quiet. So you're disrupting everybody's work, trying to actually communicate to your voice system because you have to be loud enough to be heard. And so, we believe that by incorporating speech on top of this gestural mouse interface, we can have speech-to-text communication that is more private, more personal, and and a little bit more convenient so that you're just not awkwardly blabbing out loud to your, you know, LLM and AI assistant of the future, and you can do so a little bit more discreetly having, you know, complex conversations without spilling everything you're doing to the rest of the world and people who might be, you know, listening in, for example.
0: Yeah, that you're painting the picture of a really um, bright future, I could say, with the the ways that you're kind of explaining this. And I could see so much, um, you know, so much need for this, especially going forward once we, we see a future where we're wearing all these goggles and we don't want to be smacking all the people next to us in the train or the plane or wherever you are while you're trying to control it. So really exciting stuff you've got kind of cooking. So really excited to have you here and congratulations again for winning the, uh, the CTA foundation pitch event, uh, at CES this year, uh, final thought what's the, uh, with that win, what's kind of been the biggest thing so far that you've kind of, that's come from that.
1: Yeah. With, with the success we had out in CES, I'd say just a lot of eyes have been turned on to augmented. We haven't had this much visibility ever. Uh, Yet, yeah, CES was phenomenal, better than we expected, really exceeding our expectations by a lot. And as a result of winning and getting a lot of just publicity uh, out there in CES, our waitlist has more than doubled. We've gotten tons of following on social media. You know, I think this is just the beginning of our story as we start to break out into the world and, and you know, see some really nice reception. People, people are interested some. It's a little controversial because it's weird. It's in the mouth and it's, it's different, but it's intriguing no matter what way you look at it. And, uh, and we love to see the world start to start to think about how this could be, you know, useful for them. And so, um, yeah, exposure has been really awesome. And we're hoping that this will not only share our story, but excite investors to really keep our dream afloat. And, uh, yeah, we're just excited to ship more devices and, and, and help more people, really. And you're are you out raising right now. Is that is that true? We're out raising now. Um, we're raising our seed round of about 3.5 million. Uh, we do have some follow on investment secured, but we are searching for our lead at this time. And uh, we're Great. confident that once we do find that lead, we'll be able to close this round and
0: get back to product development like we're like we're meant to. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining me today, Courtney Congratulations again and best of luck. Thank you so much, Frank. I uh, really appreciate the kind words and, and for having me. All right. Well, that was great. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I found it pretty fascinating. Um, I don't know. I think uh, anybody that can control anything with their tongue is pretty impressive. So um, I haven't tried it myself, but it, I think it'd be pretty it'd be difficult. So um, more power to everyone that can do that. And obviously looking forward to testing this out at some point in the future and best of luck to Corton and his team. They've got something really interesting going, and uh, we're going to be cheering for them as we as they continue to, to, to progress and, and raise funds and do all the things they need to do to be successful. All right. If you found it interesting today, please do share this podcast. We really appreciate it. It's how we uh, spread the word and continue to help others and other founders as they're looking for the additional support and resources they need. Sharing is caring, so please do so. And uh, that's about it for today. Uh, we look forward to seeing you hopefully soon down in Austin, Texas. Do sign up over at uh, our site. It's uh, If you go over to house.established.us, you can sign up for that uh, established house. It's on March 10th. There's a lot of other great events happening throughout that weekend and into the week. So definitely worth heading down to Austin. If you're not uh, planning on it, check it out. And uh, look forward to seeing you. Bring your cowboy hat. Maybe your cowboy boots. All right. Until next time, uh, if you have a startup idea, want to get it started, get it going today. Don't wait. Get it going, get it started. And I encourage you to join our community for access to support, expert advice, and all the resources you need to elevate your startup by simply going to startupofyear.com or to our short link, which is SOTY.link forward slash apply. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber. Don't forget to hug your loved ones out there. Good luck starting up and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.